G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it, it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25-year-old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater Today we're speaking with Aboriginal Pastor William Dumas from Gangala Church in Tweedheads, New South Wales How you doing brother? Yeah, very good, thank you Matt Mate, I'm curious to hear a bit of your story, whereabouts were you born and raised? Well, I was born in actually Parramatta in New South Wales, Sydney and um, most of my quarter life was actually raised up in that area in, in Mascot in Botany Bay there. Okay. And um, my family uh, is originally from Tarib in North Coast um, in the Biripai country. And um, and also my mother is from the Dungari uh, tribe, which is from the Kempsey area oh, of uh, New South Wales, yeah. Fantastic. Well, I grew up in Coffs Harbour, so uh, we're basically neighbours. Yes, indeed. Well, make, made it even shorter because of that highway now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a good run, isn't it, eh? <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. So, mate, tell us a bit about your faith journey. Did you have a religious upbringing? No, I didn't have a uh, religious upbringing. Um, my grandmother had a bit of a uh, of that um, when she was um, he, she was uh, she she reared us up. My biological dad was there. My also my mum. She. Uh, um, she left us when I was about, probably when I was about three years old, and my grandmother took me into care with my dad. But um, yeah, and so that was more of a, a little bit of the history there. And then I came to the Lord uh, in Sydney in Long Bay Jail, and um, I was. 19 years old and I was at that age where I was searching my grandmother we didn't go to church we only believed in God didn't have a, an experience but just had that that theory that God was there but didn't have that personal intimacy of that God was real until I had an experience uh, a guy that actually started telling me about Jesus in jail and I couldn't run away from him because I was locked up with him <laughs> So he, he come up with this bold statement to me, which I didn't have any understanding about Christianity or any of the lingo language of that con- of that thought. And then he uh, said, Jesus is coming soon. Well, I thought Jesus is going to come and unlock the door from me of the prison door and let me out. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't that type of door. It was actually my heart spiritual door of, of letting Jesus come in. 
and then uh, when he said that, um, and then I went back to, we went on, I was actually in a jail for weekends, Friday to a Sunday. See, they had this special program back then. It wasn't a severe uh, crime. It was just a minor crime. So it was like uh, paying off uh, fines or it was like uh, I got caught drunk driving twice in one week. So the judge decided to put me in the weekend community service type of thing. But it was actually connected to the Long Bay program in the in that whole institution system. So um, that's where I actually got engaged with uh, a guy that was a Christian. And he was a funny Christian because after when we told me about Jesus, when we got out on that Sunday afternoon, he, we actually decided to go to the pub and get drunk. And um, that was a whole thing about this whole experience part of the journey then. And then that's when I, uh, this old lady been across the table and when I went back to his place that Sunday afternoon, I went back to his place and he um, he went upstairs and this old old elder, old auntie leaned across the table because he said, Jesus is coming soon. Then she leaned across the table real bold and said, you must be born again. And I went, what does that mean? And I thought, she said, would you like to give your life to Jesus? <laughs> what do you say? When an elder person talks, you can't talk back. <laughs> yeah. So I just accepted it. <laughs> so I gave my heart to Jesus at the age of 19. So I had this encounter with God, the Holy Spirit, with Jesus. I, I didn't even understand those terminology, language, until later on. But when I gave my life to Jesus, man, I had, it was literally like scales fell off my eyes. And I had this encounter with, with Jesus and he came into my heart and, and when I went outside, it was like I, I, had a, 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 I had a revelation of the creation. Like the first time I've seen the trees, they were so tangible, so living. And, I was, and that became so revelation to us that it was like in the spirit the moment I gave my heart to Jesus, God showed me his creation. Like, you can look at it physically, but when you were said from a spirit, from God's, through his eyes, how his creation is, it's so personal, so real. And tell us about yeah. your life. Was there a big transformation in your life after that? Oh, there was a transformation. Well, I never looked back. I, I was delivered from drugs, alcohol, stealing, breaking the houses, snatching bags, because I was pretty much a rebel in Redfern. That was in Redfern, mind you. Yeah. Back in the days, in 1980, 81, and I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, and then from that day onwards, I never looked back. And tell us yeah. a bit about your, your career. What did you do for work back in those days? When I gave my life to Jesus, well, that's when I started to look at ways of how to develop my life. The Holy Spirit took a hold of my heart and put this desire in me to learn, to 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 learn and study. And because uh, my school time in school wasn't wasn't as a an interest to me because I was too busy wagging school back in the day, and I only had basic 
education and I had no interest in school, but when I became a Christian at 19, the Holy Spirit gave me this desire to learn. So I started to look at ways of education institutions to look how to develop my uh, reading skills, my English and all that sort of stuff. And then um, had a little bit of that, and then, but I, but God, the Holy Spirit, took me beside like the Apostle Paul before he became apostle. He was Saul and came Paul. Like fourteen years when Paul got saved, the Lord took him aside for fourteen years and started to empower him with revelation. And um, well, the Lord done that to me. Uh, I He took me aside and. The, I started to study the Bible. didn't understand the Bible, but the Holy Spirit taught me the Bible, taught me revelation in the Bible. And um, for about at least five years, and I, that was all my foundation. I started to learn scriptures, six scriptures a day, every day. I learned it by heart without looking at the Bible. I would read the Bible, then learn it by heart. And that was my foundation from that time onwards. And then afterwards, I got married in 82 with my wife. We met in the church, Redfern. And then from there onwards, moved back to Tari. And then Tari became a typical place where my family's from. And then went to church there at the Assembly of God Church there under a man of God named John Robershaw, which he was originally from New Zealand. But he was there as my senior pastor. And then from there onwards, that's when I started to step into ministry. From the day onwards, from 19, I started to preach about Jesus. And everywhere in the city, Circle of Key, King's Cross, Redfern, you name it, every place geographically, I started to preach the gospel of Jesus. And you know, the two words that actually I've, I stated, one was that Jesus is coming soon, and second, you've got to be born again and Jesus. Because <laughs> I didn't know the Bible, but they were my two impact of words that that become tangible to my to my life and that was my projection of my encounter with Jesus, what I should preach. And so I didn't need to know what preaching meant back in those days, but I just told people about Jesus is coming soon and and you must be born again and and receive Jesus. Well, from that time when um, when I moved back to Taree and stepped into ministry, got trained under that pastor there for about 18 years. But I started doing evangelistic work. work. And now today, I mean, we're talking about over 30, 40 years now. 40 years with the Lord. Mm-hmm. 41 years with the Lord now. And um, today, well... I run a church. I've been a senior pastor for, for I started a church in Taree there and uh, took the church up there for being a pastor here for 20 years at the church here, Gangala it's called, which is a Bundjalung word, which is uh, means a place of learning wisdom. Mm-hmm. So now I run the Indigenous Initiative, ACC, uh, Indigenous Ministries in Australia now, and we have a Bible college institution training center um, the principles that as well and plus do a lot of training engagement for culture and churches for ACC and across the board of 
all the different denominations. Yeah. So good to hear your story and what God's done in your life. And uh, tell us what your church looks like in, in Tweet Heads. Do you do a lot of work for the homeless and uh, the poor, those in the streets around your community as well? Well, we do that. Um, we do that as people within the church are community people. So our church is not just in, Indigenous. We have a pretty fruit salad church. <laughs> so, yeah, so we just, yeah, we've got a lot of, say like 60, 40 Indigenous and non-Indigenous in the church. So we have a different multicultural people in the church. So basically everybody does their ministry within their capacity or where they're affiliated with or what organisations or community sect groups and so on. So everybody participates in those particular areas. And uh, basically our, our role is to get beside whoever and whatever needs there are or churches uh, bring some development of training, uh, raise up Indigenous people of Australia and to encourage non-Indigenous churches and pastors to raise up Indigenous to become leaders because there's a huge gap here and uh, we don't have a lot of Indigenous pastors within our main streams of churches. Well, mate, it's so good to hear that you're part of this initiative and I've got a few good friends who are Aboriginal pastors, uh, Maxie Conlon up at Sherberg and... Uh, there's uh, Peter Walker at Casino. There's a, there's a few good brothers around. Are, are you finding that there's a new younger generation of pastors being raised up as well? No, well, this is what I'm talking about, the huge gap, you see, because um, the, the mainstream churches have never taken a lot of uh, 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 initiative in this particular area, and this yeah. is why there's a gap. Yeah. And that's why we need some education to our non-Indigenous pastors to see the importance and to look at ways of together to raise up the bar and bring up a new generation of young leaders. And because of education, uh, um, secular education, and um, it's sort of drawing a lot of our young people to become doctors, solicitors, whatever those professional areas they are, or nurses, teachers, so on. Um, and that seems to be a pulling thing, but... When you look at the church, there's actually hardly any young generation, young followers coming through the ranks. And it's because of the lack of this uh, uh, um, encouragement that's, that, uh, that, that hasn't come through, see. So I've been in ACC for 35 years, 38 years. And this is the first time we actually take an initiative that the, our state executive our executive team and our president, Pastor Paul Barton, from, uh, um, is really taking initiative to look at the whole church of ACC New South Wales to look at ways of bringing education, training and awareness of Indigenous culture so that they can be aware of um, the importance to raise up the next um, young people and generally anybody in their church to give them opportunities. Well, we hope and pray that there will be a whole new generation of Aboriginal pastors raised up just like yourself. And uh, it's been inspirational to hear your story, mate, from uh, uh, finding Jesus in Long Bay Jail and now preaching the gospel. Uh, it's so good to hear what God's done in your life. Uh, Willie, I reckon you're his history maker. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, well, thank you. And uh, we continue to make some roadways and history and engagement. You know, one of the last things before I finish is the, the, the statement of, 
prophetically that I believe in the last for our churches uh, um, is to, uh, you know, like the piano. And I believe that the Holy Spirit right across this continent of this land of ours, Great South Land of the Holy Spirit, especially the church, is reconciliation. And we've heard that word from a secular point of view, but from the church point of view, um, really, when you look at our frontline major mega churches or churches in general, there's not a lot of indigenous people in the front line. So when you see a piano, a piano doesn't just have white keys, it has black and white keys. And so we got to see the piano like that, that echoes the, the effectiveness of the sound, which it brings forth heaven on earth, which is black and white people walking together. It's a beautiful picture, mate, and that's what heaven's going to be like, hey? Every tribe and nation and tongue gathered together, hey? We need that on earth as well, don't we? Oh, we do, and I, I believe it's going to take place, especially for the church um, of Jesus Christ um, projecting that as well. So so it's good to be a part of what God wants to do and, and how we can walk together and, and learn from each other. Well said, mate. Thank you so much for your time today. God bless. You too, brother. Bless your head. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. There you'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.